0: My guest today is Nathan Wiesenberg. Nathan is a candidate for Senate District 10, which is uh, an area kind of around Little Falls, and he joins me today to chat about life and politics and everything. So thanks a lot for making it here. Um, I know we were chatting a little bit before about kind of life getting into politics, all that, but we should talk about guns because you just, before we started shooting, there was a little showing all kinds of
1: cool guns off, and you have this fantastic revolver I'd never seen. I have a, it's a Thunderstruck. It's a 22 double barrel revolver. Uh, so it, each pull of the trigger, it shoots both at the same time. So it's a 22 Winchester Meg. Um, it's just a fun little gun to shoot. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's sweet. <laughs> uh, I saw it, well, I, I saw that over Christmas time and I told Jenny, I said, uh, I kind of want that. She said, well, go buy it for yourself for Christmas. So uh, that's what I did. Now I have that gun along with uh, lots of other guns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, you know, That's the downside of going to the gun store. Is that it's rare that you come back empty-handed. You uh, well, so I was out campaigning. Not well, campaigning. I was out door knocking on Saturday, and the one address happened to be a gun store. So (laughs) I'm like talking to the guy, and I found. So I I also have a 50 cal Smith and Wesson. uh, So that's like the biggest revolver you can buy. And I haven't been able to find ammo. Well, he had some, so I had to buy some ammo. So 50 AE? No, it's a Smith & Wesson. So oh, it's Smith? Revolver, and, okay, so, so yes, so their own round, yep. longer. Yeah, More. so yeah, it's just for the revolver, 500 Smith & Wesson. So, is How unpleasant is that to shoot? Well, once you figure out how to shoot it, it's not too bad, but, like, I have to actually take the rings off my fingers because <laughs> it kicks and it'll push them into my hand. It's kind of crazy, but... uh, uh once you shoot it a bit, you can figure it out. But it's uh, it could be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Spicy, something. Yeah. If you don't know what you're, but it's it's not too bad. So the use case for that is it's hunting, hunting larger. Yeah. Um, you, I want to use it for deer hunting. So you could you'd get like a smaller round. Um, okay. Shooting like 350 green at targets, but. Want a less green for shooting deer or something. They do make a seven hundred green for it. I think it's <laughs> called like the T Rex killer or something. I saw a guy shoot it and that yeah. <laughs> that was your daily carry, you'd be a much manlier man. It would than be, man. right? Yeah. Well it's it's the, it's the <laughs> when I bought when I got that one it was the I think it's an eight inch barrel. They do make shorter ones now, but yeah, so it it literally has to go along your whole side. So that's it's fun, yeah. I'm trying to
0: talk my wife into uh, we have no trip planned to Alaska, but I like, I, I need a I need a bear gun. It's my excuse to buy like a ten millimeter Glock, and she's like, just don't make an excuse, just
1: go just go buy because I know it. you're going to, yeah. and we'll find some use for it. Well, the uh, there's another gun I wanted to get. I think it's a four fifty four Casull Alaskan. Oh. Yeah, so it's just a little smaller than fifty, but it's uh, I don't know, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, at never, some
0: point, it's like it's like you know, it's like handbags, right? So yep. some women just collect handbags, guys collect guns. There's not a reason, you know. Well, you, and you need one. Jenny, Jenny likes
1: collecting guns too, so that's good. That's awesome. That, so I don't even need an excuse. We can just right, go and buy some, right? Read the right woman. Mm-hmm. You shoot with your kids, yeah? I do. Yep. So actually, I was uh, a couple weeks ago. I was talking to a friend, and the girls were shooting my twenty two and it's a little too. It's a Ruger. It's a little too yeah. long. Like I need to get a kid model, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, my girls just grew out of this one, so if you want to buy this one, I did." So it's a, I think it's a Savage or something. So it's just two and a half feet long, but it's got the, you know, the pink stock and it's a 22 barrel, and you can take off the 22 barrel and also put on a 20 gauge barrel. So oh, nice. So I got that, and they all shoot BB guns, and uh, I'm paying them to uh, shoot chipmunks in the yard right now because they get in my attic. <laughs> so a buck a piece. I think I own
0: three dollars right now. So. We started early on same red pink Red Ryder BB gun and that was all the basic gun safety but it had to be the pink stock because that's all my oldest daughter would she's like, it's got to be pink dad she was very disappointed when I was like you need to <laughs> finally actually have like a 22 LR and she's like it's all black and I was like oh we'll find it's you know it's a, it's a M&P 15 pink. 22 I was like we'll find some pink thing to, to, to put on it and yeah. so yeah it's great
1: you got to get them shooting young being safe get them that's exactly it you get them started early and teach them proper gun safety. And if they don't listen, they don't get to touch their gun. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to be good and, and listen and do their chores and then they can do this. But. It's about you know teaching proper gun safety.
0: Yeah, so. that's really it. And you want them to. You hear these horror stories of some someone you know has a gun in a situation where it's not that safe. It's at their house or at their friend's house. They run into it. They don't know what to do. And now our kids, my kids, aren't going to freak out. They'll be like, "Look, that's a firearm. Don't noodle around with it, yep. right? Um, and if you're in a situation where you need to make it safe, or you know how to, you just know how to be safe around it, you like, it's the same as the knives sitting on the block in my kitchen right right? they're not they could go up and pull the chef's knife they're not going to those are mom and dad's tools they'll let me use them when they're around
1: and it it takes the mystery out of right exactly and the kids know because you teach them they don't touch those unless mom and dad are around and they know that yeah and that's it so um just like they're not going to take the car keys and go start the truck because they know they can't (laughs) you know they (laughs) they just
0: can't so yeah so yeah, I mean, we t- t- talk endless guns. I mean, obviously, there's that. That's one of those things where, um, you know, I think a lot of the time it ends up almost being a caricature of like, oh, you're conservative, you're just gun toting this and that. But
1: that's not really it. I mean, people shoot for fun. They hunt. Um, well, you know, growing up, I we hunted. You know, that was our food. I didn't we I didn't have a lot of money growing up, so we deer hunted. And yeah, we shot squirrels and rabbits and duck hunted and we fished. And that was l- what we did for, you know, some sustenance, really, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Well, with meat prices, what they are nah. now, I think that's what it's going <laughs> to be. going to go back to that, right? <laughs> it's like six ninety nine for a pound of hamburger. I'm glad I have a bunch of deer in the freezer. Yeah.
0: When, you know, in, in the cities, at least in the metro area, if you have an area where you can shoot, you can
1: get right. unlimited tags. Right. You can get unlimited dope permits for uh, management. Yep. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. Well, our, our city actually pays a sharpshooter, they used to do the USDA
0: program, for that. And you're like, why are, Why are we paying? I mean, why don't we do – you could do an archery hunt because right. that takes away a lot of people. specific archery hunt, specific permit for that. You could actually turn it into a revenue-generating And that's
1: what, generating and that's what tool. they should be doing, and I, I know that with other wildlife management tools. Why don't we have people paying for those permits, right. putting that money back into the system rather than, like you just said, we're using taxpayer money to – how yeah. to pay a sharpshooter to do it when we could have people that are skilled, because they've been hunting for 35 years, they're safe, mm-hmm. they could do it. And it's bow per, You know, with a bow, I'm with sure. With a bow, We're exactly. Right, right.
0: So it so. really can be done very close to population centers, yeah. In it can turn into a revenue center. And we have such a massive overpopulation of deer, of everything. I mean, ter- turkeys, turkeys are out of control. There's gangs of turkeys roaming the streets of, like, New Brighton or St. <laughs> Anthony, where my <laughs> clinic is. They're mad, they're mad and aggressive. They'll like, get on the yeah. road, you're like, driving to work,
1: and they're like, no, we're not moving. What are you going to do? Yeah, and that's one thing I think, yeah. I'm sure, well, can can everybody get a turkey permit down here? I don't know. I've gotten them right. I've, for both. We but, should be able to just buy one over the counter is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. They're so, if they're so prevalent in their problem, if you want to buy a permit, you should just be able to get one over the counter. Maybe you can down here. I know some areas, like up north, you have to apply for whatever. But, yeah, so yeah. Um, if, it's, if it's a problem and we can manage it, and, you know, the hunter benefits because they get to have fun and they get food, mm-hmm. and the state benefits because they're bringing in revenue and we're not paying to get rid of it.
0: I think a lot of people look at maybe the people that didn't grow up hunting or people that don't understand what the purpose of management is. Right. And that it's a it's a beneficial thing. I mean, it's particularly if you're dealing with a species where we've wiped out or they don't have an apex predator, we're all that exists to right. be their apex predator. Right. And if we don't
1: manage those populations they end up being unhealthy um well and well that's my degree as a wildlife biologist so i you know i understand wildlife populations and that's where we need to let like now we're talking about dnr we have to let wildlife biologists that are trained that understand what is going on to have more input than the than the politicians put in like there's Sometimes, or maybe not sometimes, there's a lot of politics that go into the DNR where we needed to use more biology than politics.
0: So that seems unassailable, apolitical, right? We should have experts, right? I mean, I think of it as an outsider like, well, the DNR, of course, it should function like that, but, you know,
1: why has it become politicized or how has it become politicized? Money. I mean, because it, it costs money to manage things. Okay. So um, I, I, if there's money involved, there's always politics behind it, trying to get some of that money. So this I is money guessing. for like enforcement or money for programs related well, to- I, So I think, you know, if you go back to like when when the lottery started, it was all supposed to go towards um, wildlife management mm-hmm. in Minnesota, wasn't it, in the 80s? Yep. It was like supposed to, because it had the loon on the there. The loon, yeah. It's supposed to be like 100% wildlife. Yeah. And now there's just this little sliver of that, right? That goes I actually th- didn't know that. Yeah, so, wh- so where'd I it pro- go? I had politics. <laughs> Um yeah, it's, from my understanding, there's a small amount that goes towards wildlife, and now it's all appropriated other places. So, yeah. That's incredibly disappointing. Yeah. Because it's, it's a massive natural resource,
0: and it can be a massive revenue center for the state. So not only are you managing these populations of animals correctly and you know controlling that interface between humans and nature, but also, I mean, in an ideal world, it would be self-sustaining, right, where the DNR right. made enough. From well, the right, and, and
1: that's what people that don't hunt or, or or don't like people shooting animals don't understand is we're not out there to kill everything. You know, we're actually managing it. We care about animals, and if we weren't there spending money on that, they wouldn't even be there. You know, right. that's where that money comes from is, is, you know, wildlife or people hunting and maybe some from just viewing, but a lot of that money comes from sportsmen and hunters and stuff. So, um, and... Without that, there would not be all the deer around. Well, in cities there would be because there's not the hunting. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're not doing it because we like to kill. It's, you right, know, it's, right. We're it's sustaining our families. That's right. So you eat,
0: right? You know, and then also it helps manage populations, so yep. they're responsible and
1: disease rates are low, and they're yep. living roughly in harmony with what right. the curing so capacity where of the land of talking is. Talking about like diseases, you know. So if. Let's say there's you can only have one deer here this year. Well, if all of a sudden you see like in the cities, it's an unlimited amount of management yeah. takes. Well, we're doing that because there's too many. So that's what people need to understand. It's not because we want to kill all the deer. It's because there's too many. We need to manage them. And if we don't manage them, then they could get diseases and it would wipe out the whole population. Right. Well, why don't we manage it smartly? Because that's what biologists know how to do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's talent, yeah, you know, yeah. If you go to school for something, right, you should have you in charge of it, right? So the DNR has been become politicized. I mean, I, you know, I. Think back to a kid. everything always is like the halcyon days of when you were a kid. But it does seem that there was more competence in those basic tasks that we would like government to do. And now it just seems so politicized for things that, that shouldn't be, right? Keeping the roads clear, managing animal populations,
1: natural resources. You know, I think, you know, I think it, some of it comes down to, without getting too far in the weeds, is hiring the right people, you know, making sure we hire the best person for the job rather than looking at other things. We need to hire the person that's ready for the job, and that's the most efficient thing to do. So you don't want physicians hired because
0: they have the right skin tone or they uh, have the right gender quota, right? Right. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, right, competence, uh, interest across the board, right, I mean, I run a company. uh, I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care what your chromosomes are. Like, are you good? Are you gonna deliver good customer service, show up every day, be responsible, be kind to your coworkers? Competence and merit, Yep. turns out it's a great way to run a
1: business. Weird. Seems <laughs> like it'd be a great way to run a state too. Right, exactly. So that's that's exactly it. If you know how to do the job, you get hired. If you don't, you don't. End of story. Yeah. If you're a potato and you can do the job, great. You know? <laughs> but, yeah. can I identify as a potato. Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you're hired.
0: <laughs> so worked in the DNR, so a uh, wildlife biologist, yep. kind of by training, and then worked in the DNR.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I went to school for wildlife biology. I worked in the DNR in some capacity for 20 years I have actually volunteered at Camp Ripley from 2004 until last night so um pretty much continuously um plus I've also uh, I have my own like LLC so I my own um I run my own wildlife business so I've done research at Camp Ripley I've caught uh five golden eagles now um and that that was paid than other stuff like volunteering to do research on bear and wolves and deer but I'm a biologist so I understand what I'm doing Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm just playing I understand the science we're finding out information Um, so I've been out there for that long I worked at the DNR in Brainerd for three years um, and that's where you see like this is very inefficient and then you say why don't we do it this way? And they say, well, no, we're just gonna do it the way we're doing it. And they, they want followers, not leaders. Mm-hmm. So they want, that's what I feel is they have this person here and everyone just listens to that person. And If you don't, you're gonna get a hard time. So that was one thing that kind of helped me not feel so bad about quitting that job as I felt like maybe I could do more to help people not by not working there. Cause then I could speak up and not have to worry about getting fired, you know, and that's say, well, you, what you're doing isn't working and if you say that when you're working somewhere and they're going to say get out of here.
0: It's so sad. I mean, we that, that it's sad that that mentality has become pervasive. Yeah. I think in many companies, but also, you know, in government. I I hire people who want to be, you know, what you know, Jordan Peterson described as disagreeable, right? If yep. we're not doing this task well, tell learning. me. Right? Make it better. Yep. Because the goal should be to be a deliver a better product more efficiently for a lower cost every single day. Yep. Whatever your industry is, and that's why you want a diverse workforce and diverse in the sense of we all have different ways of skinning this cat, right. but we, we all have the same mission that we're marching towards. And that's where it's incredibly valuable. But if you penalize people for um, giving you, saying, you know I, I just don't think this process is really good, and obviously there's a way they can do that that's you know, respectful. But if someone's telling you this process is not good and I have a viable answer right. on making this process better, why wouldn't you want to listen to that? But right. then you have ego comes into yeah. it. People say, I have to have the right answer. I can't, uh, I can't listen to you, or politics comes into it.
1: I think it's a lot of politics, yeah. That's um, sad. Unfortunately, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of good people that work for the DNR. I'm not, this is no way me attacking the DNR. I'm just saying that things sh- could be working better, and yeah. they should be working better. And we need to work at being efficient and, and doing what's good for everybody, not just some, someone's goal? I don't know. Well, I don't think the DNR is any different than any other large organization.
0: At some point, yeah. there becomes a sclerosis that seems to be size-related. Yeah. And then in, if you have bad managers, and oftentimes people are promoted according to the Peter principle, right? So they end up one spot too high, and then they can really wreck shop. Yeah. I mean, you get a manager who should have just been a technician, like a very, very skilled technician, but now all of a sudden they have to manage people. They have no skill set to manage no matter how much training you put them through. They will cause all of your other good technicians to quit because they're just not competent in that
1: role. Right. Um, Well, you know, like, so like what I put, partially put myself through college, um, took me 11 years to get a four year degree. It wasn't in school full time, but um, you know, you have to deal with life and Mm -hmm. whatever. So I was working three jobs at a time and took some time off, but I was, you know, managing at Westside Liquor and Pizza Hut and G. Allen's and you know, as a leader, you show people what to do or you should show people what to do. So this is what I do and this is how I do it and this is how I'd like you to do it. You don't say, do it this way, you right, know. Right. So you lead by example, you show them what to do, get them to see how you're doing it, and then you they do it and then they'll catch on and do it that way. And if they have a better way of doing something, great. You can right. learn from them. And people have said, well, I did it this way. I'm like, well, that's awesome. Now it's better. So yeah. we'll do it that way where some management is, you do it that way. And I'm like, no, it's... When they're working listen to them but when i'm working we're going to do it a different way yeah yeah. <laughs> so
0: yeah it's uh i always tell people like that that the, my intent is to you know my intent running say a business would be to you know running a hamburger stand be like i want to sell as many hamburgers and make the best hamburger to make people ha- happy uh if you have a better way of doing like that, happy understand meal. my yeah that's right <laughs> a meal that makes you happy um you know that's my intent so whatever you can do to satisfy that intent yep. um and if you have a better way of, of making that hamburger we'll, show everybody, right? Like do the research, come up with a plan, sell it, okay, let's try it, run the experiment. If it's better, that's the way we're all going to do it now. Because yep. constant iterative process of improving things. And the, the best managers that I've seen or worked for operate that way. Yep. They just they have no ego, they take none of the credit, all the blame, and they bring the best out of their employees and the, and those people run some wildly successful companies they have wildly happy employees high retention yep. um, but the people that want to put themselves above everybody else and take all the credit you know they end up with no one working for them they don't end up very successful you got to keep your employees happy you yeah know? you do they really yeah. are your big biggest best resource so we kind of we we always started talking about guns and stuff and they kind of in the intro
1: said you know running for office yep. so tell Tell me a little bit about what you're doing and why you're running. So yeah, I'm just I'm running because our you know our country's in bad shape and we need change. So um, that's what I'm doing. I'm not running to be a politician. I'm running because we need something different. Um, we've got people that have been in politics forever, and there's people I'm running against that, like. I'm a great guy I'm, I'm a politician that's why you should vote for me because I've done it before and I, I, I Know how to represent you and I and, and I can I can do it again Well, that's not what I don't think people want, you know I've been door-knocking and I'm telling people I'm not running to be a politician. I don't have any interest in Being a politician per se to be a politician. I'm I'm getting into it because I feel I have a skill set that it's just It's the time to do it. And I need to do it now, you know um, someone's got to step up and say enough is enough and, and and do it, you know, and seeing what's happened with the kids over the last couple of years and no one, it seems like, has really been sticking up for what happened in schools or the medical thing. So I just said, let's let's do something about it. Well, tell me about so, the school thing, what, so, what well, there's so, gone wrong. So in last year in Little Falls, I started a group, and we meet every other Tuesday, and to this day we're, we still meet. So we just started talking about what is – going on in our community and what we have to change. And I remember the first meeting, I think people came looking for answers, and I wanted people to come cuz I wanted to know what we needed to do. So I said we're going to have this meeting and you know 60 people showed up and they said what are you going to do to help us? I'm like, well you need to tell me and that's what we're going to do, you know. So you come to the meeting and we're going to say we're going to do these whatever is the biggest thing, we'll tackle that first. And you know, little falls it seemed like school issues. So um, you know they say there's not crt in schools and that they don't call it <laughs> crt but it's there yeah. you know um so we got those issues of crazy teachings um and then like the the COVID stuff so our kids they were trying to put masks back on our kids in january and of 21 no one uh, no this 22 this, this january yes so this wow this year they were going to try to put masks back on our kids so i had as soon as people heard that, my phone was blowing up. Not, not optional. Not, you can wear a mask if you want. No, like, no, like man- to, mandatory. Yes, yes. So they're going to put masks back on the kids. And my phone starts blowing up because I've been leading this group now for months. And people are like, what do we do? I'm like, well, we're going to do something. So we called the school and said, we're not going to do this. I got as many parents involved as possible. Tell tell the school if you do this, we're pulling our kids out. So that's what we did. That was like a Thursday, and by Monday they had a meeting and they decided that they couldn't have masks because they wouldn't have a school anymore because we would have taken our kids out. So you know, so that's that. You know, we got that stopped at our kids' school. Then I had parents telling me that they were using CNN to teach kids in the public schools, um, CNN News Network. So that's like kind of blew my mind. So I called and I asked the superintendent. He said, "Oh no, we're not doing that." I said, "Well, parents are telling me different." So, I, and it just took a few parents to call. I said, "You need to call an email, say we're going to get this out of there." And that was like a Friday, and by that Tuesday, CNN was out of our schools.
0: Well, I don't want my kids watching Fox at school, right? I mean, right. I don't want my kids watching TV at right. school. They're paying a lot of money in taxes for right. you to teach my kids something right. that doesn't involve parking in front of the TV. Right. Uh, I could. I mean, I'm not saying that they did that, but yeah.
1: as as like a,
0: a news that this is somehow truth, right? As opposed to saying, well, this is this, and then here's this alternative
1: view, and right. then let's discuss right how we feel about so, these things. So we got so yeah, so we got that out, and then I had parents calling me from all over the like Long Prairie, Foley, Brainerd, Saint Cloud, Sauk Rapids. Not Sauk. Soc- well, I don't know if it was in Sauk Rapids, but anyway, I had parents call me from everywhere. Like, how'd you do that? I said, well, somebody needs to stand up and say we're not going to do this. And then you need parents to get behind you. And I said, I can call, but you're going to make, you need parents there. I mean, if I call your superintendent and say, get this out of there. Right. You're going to need some local people to push back also, you know. So what happened? What was that? What were those meetings like with, with the board? So I just, it was a phone call. Oh, to this. okay. I, I called the superintendent. and I said, this needs to be gone now. Okay. And he said, oh, it's not here. And then it was, and <laughs> then it, now it's gone. So you just need to, like, you know, you, like you talk, it's, it's, it might be uncomfortable yeah. but you have to do it yeah. you know look at our kids if we don't do something what's going to happen you know our country's going to swing to stand up and you know save our country for our kids and for everybody i mean you know? to his credit i'm, I'm you know i'm a bit
0: heartened by the fact that your superintendent right took the call and one realized that this was something the parents didn't want yep. and then changed right i mean that, that's right. how it's supposed to work like right. hey you're about to drive this bus off but a you, cliff we're not going to let you do you that.
1: shouldn't tell me it's not there
0: Th- that's right. Right. Well, so. the, but they don't count. They count on us all being asleep right. at the wheel. Right. We're tr- trust us. We're teachers. We're right. in charge. We right. we know how to teach your kids better than you
1: yeah. do. And but well, that being said, there's a lot of good teachers out there. So yeah. So it's not taken whatever. But, no, yeah, it,
0: but, that, that's the whole thing. But the, right. the teachers have to be separated from right. the system and yep. the institution. And there certainly are some ideologue teachers that forgot that uh, your politics are irrelevant to yep. my kids' taught. Right. You you uh, clearly teachers are going to lean one way or the other but I shouldn't but be able to that does, tell. Exactly, that I should not be belong to tell. in school. And yeah. either your child's argument when they're trying to make one is well-formed. Again, even if I, look, if, if someone wrote a good paper saying what, extolling the virtues of Bernie Sanders and it was well-constructed and well-researched, they should be able to earn an A even though I think that it's wrong right. and I disagree with it. Um, that is the public school system that I grew up in. Yep. Where I have teachers write, I, I knew that we didn't agree, but I could still earn an A. That, I feel, is changed and that somehow it's become you can have that opinion i have an opinion if you don't agree with my opinion my i'm an activist here to indoctrinate you Yep. not a teacher here to ask you critical questions and now now the teachers
1: would say you have to write a paper about bernie sanders and if you don't you're yeah, not, that's you're, right. You're going you to fail. An f. Right. Yeah, except yeah. no one can get an F, right. f anymore. Oh, well, that's right. You get a <laughs> not pass. And, like, you get you a not get pass through. or like, uh, f-
0: yeah, everyone starts at a 50% and it's up from there. And it's it's crazy. And look, yeah. China's teaching their fifth graders calculus. We're teaching our fifth grader- graders that, you know, boys can be girls and that your feelings matter related to your math score. Yeah, no. Who, who's going to win yep. uh, in the global competition? Yeah, we're losers in that one. Yeah, yeah. I yep. mean, a couple of generations before us, we were like, building rockets and going to the moon and you know we're dominant globally in terms of business and like now it's like the
1: gender red man and uh feelings and furries and litter yeah, boxes and yeah that's literally what's you know some of that stuff is going on you know if it's going on in my little town in little falls in the middle of minnesota it's going on everywhere
0: that's right right so to, to think about. It's an area that's right, hard read, if you yep. look at an electoral map last couple of elections, and have to have the gall to attempt to do that there.
1: I think it's just counting on parents being completely disengaged well, and not seeing anything. Right, and I think part of it, though, too, is like in my community, we just don't even think that should that stuff is there. You know, right. you wouldn't even assume it's there. Like some of the books I've found that are uh, inappropriate, um, they get put into the school system. They're like, oh, these are this is a book, you should use it. Well. I don't think the teachers even think about, oh, this this is gonna be a bad book. They're like, okay, and then they give it to the kid, and then you tell the teacher what was in it. And they're like, holy crap! There's yeah. there's girls kissing girls and talking about having feelings for each other. Yeah. So this was a book, literally my second grader came home with two years ago. It was geared towards fifth graders, but it was like girls having feelings for each other and kissing each other for my second grade. Right. Daughter, right. not appropriate. This is
0: where the left again loves to caricature, and they're like, "Oh, you guys want to, you know, want to ban books?" You're like, "Look, I think Schindler's List is great movie. It's not a good movie for a fifth grader, right? Right?" And, and so that's the whole idea, and even still, this idea that that um, parents shouldn't know what's in that library, they shouldn't have a voice in saying that there's enough classical works of literature that the kids should be reading that are yeah. age appropriate, that are going to challenge them. I mean, there's stuff in Huck Finn that it's like, yeah, that's offensive. That might be offensive to somebody. Um, even that, like, I think, you know, fifth grader probably could read that, but let the parent know. Right. Why Why, why is it so controversial to have curricular transparency so the parents can say, I do or do not like this thing. I'd like to hold it out. You know, I remember, so public school, the, the, the sex ed video in fifth grade, which was very just like, Right. This is a penis. This is a vagina. This is how babies are made. But you had to double opt in. So for your kid to see that, your parents had to go to the screening. Then they had to send back a form. Like, so they had to sign in there yeah. that they saw it. And then they had to send back a form saying, I give permission for you know, Neil to see this thing. Yep. Um, that was public school in you know, whatever that would have been, 1989, 1990. Yep. And it's gotten so far away from that. It's na- you can't know what we're teaching. And you have no ability to opt out and, and how can you opt gonna, out when you don't know
1: we're not going to send the books home because we don't want you to see what we don't in want them. you to <laughs> right keep your keep your books here because we don't want your parents knowing what we're teaching yeah and that's crazy because so my daughter's in fourth grade so they had you know the little talk at school or whatever and that's fine uh, but she brought this pamphlet home and the, the second page says my mom and dad have read through this book and they've signed it and i'm like well my signature's not on there <laughs> And it was talking about how it's okay to touch yourself, like it's talking about masturbation in fourth grade. That's not okay. Right. Um, And then it was talking about how it's okay to have feelings for people the same sex. This isn't a pamphlet we're giving fourth graders. Right. That's not okay. No. That's disgusting. It it is,
0: and it is. um, It's working its way down. Mm -hmm. Right. This idea that this is something that a fourth grader needs to know, third grader needs to know, or second grader needs to know. This concept that um, you know, parents, I think, too long ago just trusted that
1: the school right. system would kind of have some basic well, and still, moral I mean, compass. we would, in Little Falls, we don't think that stuff's in our schools, but yeah. it, it is. And then you see it, it's like, what in the hell? So you've been some, somewhat successful
0: in getting, like we got the mass thing, it sounds like killed. Yep. And there yep. was really no justification for that ever, no. at any point, no matter no. how bad the pandemic. It was certainly not this yep. winter um how successful have the efforts been to galvanize parents around curricular
1: transparency and so i think you know um our public schools pretty good um and i think you know just having parents aware of what's being in there will help it from going too far mm-hmm. um and i so i you know i talking to the, there's a, there's a core group of people that always come but you know they talk to other parents in the community so i think people are People are aware of what's going on. I think some people still are, they don't even believe it, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that parents are aware and the school knowing that we're aware, that'll help it from slipping too far, And it, but it, it, it needs to stop and go the other way. Yeah. And that being said, we do have, uh, well, we have a new superintendent. I want to get a hold of him and have him come to a meeting so we can talk to him about our concerns. Like, we can't be doing this stuff in our schools. It's wrong. Um, it's just, like, there's a, there's a, um, this NGO, SourceWell, in the area, they, you know, they do things like we can get you cheaper books and help get uh, cheap slides for schools and all this other stuff, which sounds great, but then you go on their website, and this is an option that teachers can use is for, they they teach teachers, um, but you don't have to do it unless you want to. But on their website, it says we can't use harmful words like mom and dad, boy and girl, and we have to work towards getting rid of whiteness. That's on their website. That's incredible. Disgusting. That last piece is overt racism. Right, exactly. It's overt And they're saying that's what, that's what we can't be doing, but that's what they're doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, just substitute the word black. Like if you imagine if, if you, you set, had a thing right. that said, we're trying to get rid of blackness. That, that, that's insane. The cities would burn. And somehow it's okay to just, you know, one, lump all white people together, poor, rich, everything. And then two, say that that's okay. Like that's not okay. It yep. doesn't matter. But in their worldview, uh nothing can be too evil to use against the oppressive white man right and so really when you when you view everyone as a nazi punch every knot, right punch all the nazis
1: and and that's it's dehumanizing right like i don't feel like like people are like well white people are racist like when i grew up i feel like i grew up in you know i was born in 1982 i'm 40. so in the 80s and 90s things were good i felt you know i didn't feel like i was taught that you're a racist and you have to hate someone of a different color. I got along with everybody. Mm-hmm. And now I f- that's what they're teaching people now. You know, if you're teaching that to someone, what do you think they're going to think? You know, we weren't taught that. We were just taught that everyone's the same and be nice to everybody, yeah. you know. And that's how people are. And the majority of people are. Yeah, yeah. But you get this loud minority that, oh, everybody's bad. And it's yeah. just, and it's, but then it, it resonates with some people and that's how it grows. And it's, it's horrible. Um, speaking of horrible things this stuff with uh all these like gay nightclubs doing these uh what what are they called the like the drag show drag shows things yeah Yeah. so there's did did you hear about that one in duluth on may 15th so at the flame nightclub there's a drag show for all ages um alpha news posted it and someone sent me the video there were little kids giving this person dollar bills as he's like dancing it was disgusting so I saw it on June 2nd. I actually called 911 and I reported it in Duluth. I don't know what's going on yet. I called a couple weeks ago to see where they were and they couldn't tell me. But I said, this is like sexual molestation for children. They're literally giving this guy money who's dancing in front of them and they're like four years old. Yeah. I said, if I went to Sugar Daddy's, a strip club, and brought my little girls in there, I'd get arrested. Right, But they, if
0: you're taking a leak in public and some right. kid
1: manages to walk by, you're probably going to jail. Right. And this exactly, is, but yeah. this is normal. It's on video. It, what's going on so something needs to be done about this yeah it's
0: it's it's crazy to me that, that the parents of the kids there think that this is somehow going to be good for their kids to be in that environment and it, it's become I mean you know the left unfortunately seems to have completely abandoned religion but in its void they substitute religion they, they right. create a cult and, and they've created this cult around abortion they've created this cult around the, the, the Everything has to be sexualized. Everything has to be, you know, gay and trans. You have millennials apparently reporting a, a rate of, you know, being LGBT, whatever, of one in six. And historically, we have you know, millennia of data. It's like, you know, 2 to 3% of the population is gay. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you get that to 18% in that short of a period of time? Um, and then we wonder why these kids are suffering with mental health, problems look it's hard enough to be a teenager as is if you're gonna say that well you're maybe you're not a, a boy yeah maybe you don't actually like girls and
1: you're just awkward you know it it's well and to what is it in Minnesota are they saying up to ten years old they can have um, um, drugs to start home hormone something that's crazy to me it's and, and, and most people don't
0: know how far out of bounds that is for like you think of some place, you would say like uh, well, health in the UK, right? They're not going to be conservative. What would you do as a doctor if a parent
1: came up to you and said, I want my 10-year-old boy to be a girl?
0: You know, I, I would say like, look, like you, you can't uh, just turn on CNN and believe what right. they're saying. Like you should read the stories of people who have detransitioned. Yep. You should read, you should look at what they're doing in places like Iceland or Sweden or UK, places that you would say, because, you know, I'm presuming they're left of center, far left of center, and say you know, these places that you would hold up as being kind of the, these, these leftists or liberal they don't do any of this stuff that we're doing, right. and by the way, most of those countries also have far more restrictive abortion regulations. But that's a separate discussion. Yeah. So you, there's this bizarre concept that somehow you know we're, we're leading the way here. We're not. Those countries, at some point, particularly like Tavistock, is the in the NHS, so the British healthcare system. That's their big kind of you know uh, trans medical thing. They don't transition anybody until 16 yeah because they tried it earlier and they found that it hurt kids and that the majority overwhelming majority of kids who feel that way at 8 9 10 11 12 they grow out right, of it, right? They don't know what the hell's going on, dude. There's it's awkward to be twelve, and, right, man. Right, exactly. It you sucks. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> yeah, was still weird. No, we. You can't. You can't. You let can't kids do that, and you're going to do something out. that's going to permanently affect right. growth plates, reproductive capability, and the other thing that gets brushed under the rug is all these heartbreaking stories of people who have detransitioned, and they're like, "I felt pushed into this by a system, a system that profits." Yep. Off of doing these procedures that are irreversible and in many cases harmful. This isn't an 18-year-old making decision for themselves after you know significant amounts of thought or whatever it is. Right. Okay, this is they felt they were ideologically pushed in this direction by a system that profits off of that, and then cast aside uh, and left to pick up the pieces on their own, where they commit suicide. I and mean, there's a reason the suicide rate of people who have gender dysphoria does not drop post, you know. Con- con- conversion. Con- it doesn't solve the, the problem. Right. Um, so, no one is, and it's so disappointing as a physician to see people not taking, like, we should be dispassionate, science based observers that are looking at data and trying to figure out how to help these people that are clearly struggling, what to do in an environment where it looks like this is so far exceeding historical uh, norms that it appears to be spreading like a contagion. Abigail Schreier's written a lot about this that, you know, one girl. Has gender dysphoria at a high school, and all of a sudden, two for a geometric progression, like right. you'd expect with a with a you know viral illness, and it's spreading in that way. And then no one follows these people longitudinally to say, well, what was their outcome? Uh, it's not good in many cases. Right. You know, there's no re- reduction in, in suicide rate. There's no reduction in mental illness, and you have this these these detransitioners they have some of the most potent stories, that are just like, yeah, don't don't do this. And when they speak up, they just get completely silenced. Um, and there's this 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 ideological war on any type of honest rational inquiry into this whole thing. Right. And I, it, it boggles my mind that it's infected all of these. But then I come back to this is part of the dogmatic religion cult that the left has built. You must believe in killing the unborn. You must believe in no questions asked uh, adherence to this agenda. Gender anything, agenda.
1: Anything against what they say is wrong and you're crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it always goes ad right. hominem, right? Yep. It's never uh, let's have a database discussion right. of why right. this is and maybe we agree to disagree. Right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it, it, that's what's so disheartening to me as a physician to see other phys- physicians just mindlessly buy into this. this and not just this. Like, It's like they turned off their brains when COVID hit too. And then you go back a few steps and you're like, it was a generation of training people to do as they're told. Mm -hmm. We're the last bulwark uh, against quote unquote scientific tyranny. Like there have been bad things done in the name of science. Eugenics, you know, Margaret Sanger, a lot again, Margaret Sanger, founder of Planned Parenthood, Mm -hmm. was a eugenicist, hated black babies, very successful in murdering millions of them. Um, we should be the last bulwark against this garbage, and we are refusing, as a profession, to ask hard questions about what is the data behind this, what is the actual study you can do, and that's, and it's invading everything. You talked about you know, the DNR being politicized. Medicine's become politicized in the sense of no one wants to do honest research on guns, no one wants to do honest research on uh, child, you know, the, the gender stuff, yep. um, and all that does is weaken the institution. You have the FDA greenlighting you know the code vaccine down for kids like healthy kids like wh- why there's no data i mean the danish health minister just was on he's like there's absolutely no reason we never should approve this kids nope. now they look at the data that doesn't that clip doesn't get any play on
1: cnn yeah the, yeah and it's not affecting children at all healthy kids so there's, probably there's zero zero or very and, close or to zero if you get the the shot you you could potentially have more of a, a likelihood to die from that than if you would to get COVID. So every single conspiracy theory, right? right. They're like,
0: uh, you know, early on, we're like, look, there's some reproductive signals that seem bad. Like, it seems to mess with ovulation. seems to be bizarre with sperm count. And there are always your conspiracy theorists that would take your video down. Now, uh, you know, andrology had a study. Well, it, it reduces sperm count but by quite a bit. And yep. on a much delayed basis. This isn't like an inflammatory response. Like, we don't have an answer
1: why it's doing this. So going back to what you said before, weird. We should have done the science yes. and made sure that it worked before we went... There's a reason vaccines
0: take 10 years to
1: approve is because the
0: long tail of side effects takes 10 years to manifest. You know, if you have something that increases your risk of malignancy 0.1%, you're not going to see that signal for years and not just see it for years. You need to have a randomized placebo-controlled population where you can detect that difference versus the intervention group. We wiped out the placebo group. There is no placebo group from the shots in any arm, they cross them over. Yep. And so you can't, we're left trying to do these ex post facto, uh, well, there's a natural control group and this and that, and you, you can't do you that. Can't do it, yeah. And it was done on purpose, and the FDA greenlit a study design that never would have been greenlit for any other medication. They're just burning, they're burning their entire reputation that was built over time. We had people resigning at the FBA, senior researchers resigning, because they're like, I can't have my name attached to this because this is no longer science. It's completely political. Um, and no one's going to trust anything the FDA does,
1: which we're all poorer for, right? There should be a regulatory agency that's supposed to keep us safe, you know, well, in the space. And, and, and science is, should always be continually moving forward, you know, because you, lo- you learn something, and science is a study of knowledge, so we're passing that knowledge on to somebody else. What we just did here is when went, we're not using that. We're just something nefarious is going on. We're, we're so, bestowing truth right, upon you. Exactly. Accept the truth. Right. You have to accept what we say. So that's not how it should work. We should be learning from our past, and, that's, and people need to understand that. Yeah. We, we, we did this before, and this is why we have these studies that we do, because we have to make sure that, like you said, in 10 years, who knows, half the people could get cancer. We don't know. We don't
0: know. And, yeah. and to say, like, look, maybe if you're 95 and you have a bunch of risk factors and it's informed consent, and you're like, you know what? I still think that I, it's worth it for me to take it. I get it. Right. Great. Yeah. But, like, to, to approve for kids? Force and then they keep six, changing the right. goalposts right. of uh, – well, it, it used to be symptomatic spread, right? With alpha b- alpha, beta, the original approval was uh, it would pre- present symptomatic spread, 19 out of 20 cases. Okay. Hospital- then it became hospitalization and death. Then it became, uh, well, severe illness and high-risk populations. Like you keep going <laughs> to give you
1: the outcome that you want to see. They were, yeah, they were just making the outcome they wanted and maybe even making up numbers and making up all kinds of stuff. So who knows? I mean... We could talk about that forever.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it's so sad because for many people, uh, COVID has just become a bad memory. And I totally understand this, the psychology behind it, right? It was so traumatic for so many
1: people that people want to forget that it happened. You know, so going back to the mask thing, I just found out like two weeks ago, they're still masking kids in Little Falls at the government paid for daycare. So they're still making them wear masks. So I tried calling the the head person of it. I haven't got a hold of her yet, but... They're still forcing kids to wear masks in Little yeah. Falls from with at the government funded daycare. So the government's saying you have to have your kids wear masks. This is BS. This it's, is well, it's barbarism, It's right. barbarism,
0: and there's no other developed country that did that to kids that young,
1: period. And we're still doing all it
0: all of Europe, right? E- even the worst part, and now it's like you know, there's no masks anywhere. So, other than very specific cases, but certainly for kids, it was never a deal because they don't develop normally but they just ignored all that because it was more important to kowtow to the line the party line is that you must wear these things these face diapers that do absolutely nothing and oh you're crazy i am crazy (laughs) i'm a conspiracy theorist turns out all those conspiracies from uh hunter's laptop to uh
1: to the COVID stuff they all turn out to be true right and that's where now everything that we said two years ago they're like oh did you know that was wasn't true we're like yeah we we tried to tell you that when it started and you didn't listen (laughs) well how do you know because you know we're I, had I understand science, yeah. right? You know, I've I've done I've been through science and biology, and I understand how things work. And this doesn't make any sense. And I understand that it's the government's involved. So there's always possibly something bad that could happen with that too. So
0: yeah, it's interesting when you talk to people who are in Europe. They're just like, you guys so so fundamentally distrust your government. That's like one of those big differences they talk about. Like you know, in Finland or Sweden, we're like we trust our government. And I was like, well, if you look at the whole of human history and what governments have done to people, how can you come to the conclusion that you should just blindly trust your government? Look at the government in this country put people in internment camps in the last century. Right, U.S. citizens without due process, simply because of their ethnic background, and we put them into internment camps. And we patted ourselves on the back. Um, it was actually a, a – uh, the dissent in, in Korematsu was written by a de- a Democrat governor of – Michigan, right, back when Democrats were not insane. He's like, this is crazy. We can't do this. We can't suspend, no matter how bad the war is, you can't suspend due process. You can't suspend these individual
1: rights. And there, you know, there used to be, you used to be able to talk between a Democrat and Republican. You could be a Democrat, I could be a Republican. We might disagree, but we we didn't hate each other. We could have disagree, we could disagree on something, but, you know, still talk. Now it's like there's people that are so far out there that if you say, I support police officers. Mm-hmm. You're a racist and you are a Nazi. I'm like, what are you talking about? No. And I think it's because these
0: these tribes have become religions, right? So, right. so you end up with this, exactly. this Catholic Protestant thing, right? right? Where it's like you hate each other and you're like, well, don't, don't you get I mean, I look at it as an outsider. is that, you know, somebody found Christ later in life. was like, well, don't, don't you both believe in Christ? Right. But yeah, but I hate him. And that doesn't make any sense. Like well, an alien looking at this would be like, w- what's why? going on? Right. Yeah.
1: And that's, I mean, that's religion though. You're just supposed to, I mean, how I look at it you is you're, you're taught to just, treat everybody nice and like everybody. You yeah. might have different, some kind of different values, but you know, you're, everyone's good.
0: Well, that one distinction, one critical distinction I, f- I feel between the left and the right is uh, generally speaking, and again, this is gonna be generally true, not always true, but we are much more willing to uh, agree to disagree, be civil, accept that we have differences, and have little friends you have beers with, they're like your crazy Bernie bro friends, right? right? seems to in far fewer like run the other way like very infrequently does it go the other direction we just want to live and let live we don't want to necessarily and they always this always is caricature of you want to impose your will or now with the supreme court decision you're imposing your will on this and right that. No, we you know for that specific case we just want to defend the unborn, but like generally speaking, we just want you to leave us
1: alone yep. so we can live our lives, and we're perfectly content to leave you alone as well. Exactly, and I can take care of myself, and I don't need the government holding my hand and saying what I can do and I can't do. Yeah, yeah. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, you know the government doesn't need to be there to take care of you. We're perfectly capable of taking care of ourselves and spending our money the way we need to spend it and not, uh, you know, being overtaxed and having all that money go to who knows where.
0: Well, this includes making bad decisions right. Right, that affect you. So you have this recent thing with the FDA wanting to, to pull all the Juul cigarettes, all those the yeah. e-cigs off the market, and then they're cutting the nicotine in cigarettes. So it's like, look, I'm a physician. Smoking is not good for you. But also, it says that in giant letters on the packet. So you are free to make decisions. Correct. They may be a boneheaded decision, but... You know what you're paying for your rates of insurance are higher right you're paying for this you know freedom
1: and and to, to make that decision that but i disagree you, with you're an adult if you want to smoke cigarettes then yeah that's your choice and you
0: know? what's so bizarre to me is from a harm reduction standpoint the left loves to talk about harm reduction right they want you to be able to to trade in your needles so you can shoot up because again that's not the great strategy but it's better than you using reusing needles and right. dirty needles i get that harm reduction phrase well that's what e-cigs are right. e-cigs are harm reduction and then it'll be this well you know, they have uh, propylene glycol, and that's not great for you. So you're telling me that the propylene glycol in that, you think that's uh, worse than all the other crap that comes in a standard cigarette? <laughs> you know, I, like, I, I have patients who are like, you know, I drink six regular Cokes a day. I was like, how about you go to three regular Cokes, and then you get three Diet Cokes? And then in six months, maybe you just go to six Diet Cokes. And then maybe in a year, you have trade out half of those for sparkling water. Like, right. that's harm reduction. Yep. You know, the absolutist argument, of like, you need to stop all your Cokes tomorrow because it's bad for you. Well, I, I don't think that's going to work. And you know, the e cigs, I think I've had so many patients for whom those were lifesavers, literal lifesavers. Right. They got them off cigarettes, and now the FDA, because they have this war on tobacco, and tobacco itself is generally a harmless substance. You know, that, that's again, it's right. the problem's the delivery mechanism and the vehicle, all you know, the other crap that comes with it. Uh, but generally speaking, you know, nicotine, not that bad of a drug, yeah. certainly you know, by itself, but they just refuse to, again, refuse to do that, and it becomes an ideolo- ideological. Right something Conquest. to something to use to fight yeah yeah, yeah. so you mentioned okay so we went through the schools we've been through what's going on with a lot of that craziness up there yeah. so okay so you live in a very red area of the state right you would presume that our reddest state senators and representatives would hail from the reddest areas right isn't that logically how it should work because i can take right. those
1: hard votes is that the case um so well right now um well, right. So I'm running for a Senate seat that um, didn't exist. So it, the Senate District 10 was redrawn, and there's no sitting senator. So I decided to run. Um, so there, it was me. I got in the race first. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no one else there. I was going to run for House because my House rep um, it takes some pretty crazy votes that aren't, you know, conservative or Republican. Um, if you're representing me you should vote that way mm-hmm. not vote like not he, he doesn't take votes or he'll vote with the democrats so it was a couple really? of years so you're a
0: hard red district and you're voting with with democrats, democrats right Why would so you do
1: that? and i think what happened for a long time is that he just kind of slid under the radar because we weren't paying attention you know so now it's like well we got this bad stuff in our schools well who was in charge when that happened well that person was you know so um why didn't they help stop that? You know, I, uh, obviously there's all kinds of things. But, yeah, so he's taking these hard votes. I said, well, why did you vote that way? Well, there wasn't enough votes, so I just voted the way I wanted. So you're telling me you're not representing me. If I'm electing you as a Republican, you should be voting R, not D, or mm-hmm. not taking votes. Well, um, you don't have to
0: vote, right? That's, or, that's another option, too. Right, but, yeah, but
1: if you you're not voting, then you're giving a vote to the other team. Sure. You know, that's how I look at it. So, But, yeah, so it should be if if we're in a really red like we had the most trump votes i think in 2016 in the whole state in morrison county wow. so we're like the reddest county so our representatives you would think would be very conservative you know right. um so anyway so that's where i come from so you know i decided to run because we did this stuff and i've seen all the crazy things and people you know needed a leader and i said i'm just gonna run so i decided to run and we're running and i got a you know a competitor. Can I name names? I don't know. You fine? can do whatever you want. So, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> the rules. Um, you know, so Jim Newberger, he is from Sherbourne County and he lived in Sherburne County for 30 years and he ran for Minnesota GOP chair last fall and he, he got out of the race because he said he had to stay in Sherburne County because Sherbourne County was turning... Purple and he wanted to try to keep it red. So he's like I got to stay here okay. and which is great, you know So he said I got to stay in Sherburne County because it's turned in purple and I'm gonna represent the people here. So cool well, then uh, After the lines were redrawn this guy comes out and says I'm gonna I'm gonna come to your district and I'm gonna represent you. It's like, okay, well He was gonna stay there. Well now he's telling people that He and his wife had been looking to move into Benton County for a year year and a half um, so if he's he was, he, why, why would he run to be Minnesota GOP chair if he lives in Becker, but say he was thinking of moving further north? I mean, he's already, then he's only, because you work in St. Paul if mm-hmm. you're the chair, right? So why would you double your driving distance? Then I found out he also became, uh, a um, on caucus night, he became a um, delegate. So why would you become a delegate in the county if you're thinking of moving? Right. So he becomes right. a delegate in Sherburne County on February 1st, and then like, that towards the end of February, he says, oh, I've been thinking of moving to uh, Benton County for a year. So, okay, well, whatever. He says, yep, we're going to get this property and we're going to build a house. And Well, then close to the last day, he moves into a, a priest's house, so a parsonage in Malacca. So now he's living in a priest's house, so he just moved into the county to run for politics. Um, so that's not a true representative of the area. You know, and I you're was born and raised. I was born and raised in Little Falls. I, you know, I went to school in St. Cloud, so yes, I was gone for a little while. But then I, we got married. We came back because I liked my home. So we, you know, I've been in Little Falls most of my life, and I'm in this area. And I understand, you know, the people there, my friends, my, you know, my friends, my neighbors, my family. I've, my family's been in the area for a hundred years. You know.
0: Well, just look what you're doing with the school. I mean, right. rallying all those parents. I mean, that's like right, right. that's leadership. Right. I mean, if right. Right. I was going to want someone to represent me, I'd want someone who's already engaged. Who's dedicated to issues that I think are important to me that I believe in?
1: Right, and that's what's what actually bothers me the most is I'm. I tell people I'm not running to be a politician, but we need someone there to represent people. Right. You know, so that's what I'm doing. I've been fighting in my communities for people, and that's why I say I've had people from all over the district and even out of our district, everywhere. People contact me. Well, how do you do it? What do you do? You just well. someone needs to stand up, and you need to say no. I mean, these things are wrong. Mm-hmm. So just say hell no we're not going to do this and they need to believe you so that's what i want people to understand is i'm not doing this to be in power i'm doing it because we need change and I, I do represent them you know so and um,
0: so now you guys do you get guys some flooding up your way yeah
1: recently? so uh last thursday there was a big storm that happened in so i'm in little falls so randall's 10 miles north of me um it was crazy it was like literally like strobe lights all night long just thunder and lightning and it was just nuts and at home we didn't get a, a ton of rain but it was you know the house was shaking but this storm just parked on top of randall and they got like eight to 13 inches of rain Whoa. so then randall flooded um highway 10 was closed for a while from like little falls to motley so like 40 miles of the highway was closed and that's open now i know there's still i don't think the flooding's receded all the way because we got more rain and then we got more rain last night Um, so anyway there's families some families are displaced some things are you know obviously flooding happened so it's not good so I had some people start calling me uh, wondering you know what I could do because they know I've done this stuff in my community already as a leader oops Um, you know doing things with schools and helping people they understand that they know I'm running for Senate and they don't know we don't have a senator right now so people are asking me well what can you do and I'm like I really don't know because I you know, I'm just getting into this political stuff. But I started making some phone calls. So I got a hold of someone that was involved in townships in Little Falls. And I got a phone number and, and shared that phone number. Then I called uh, I called Mort, because mm-hmm. um, he's in the house. And I said, hey, do you know what we can do? And he, he said, I can help and try to Find the person. He didn't know who either, but he's like, and try to find the person to get, you know, we need some kind of disaster relief or something. Surely the guard's been called out. No. And, you know, Camp Ripley, Camp Ripley literally abuts Randall. Yeah. You know, so they're right there. So they could have them go help. I I shouldn't say, as far as I know, they haven't. Yeah. You know, maybe there were some people there. I don't know, but I haven't heard it on the news.
0: This isn't isn't, Walls has a. Conference today at 11 a.m. to beat on Scott Jensen. Well, you could have a conference today at 11 to deploy the guard. Right, exactly. Why? Why? Flooding. Why aren't
1: they helping? Why aren't they helping people in need when they're are It's bullshit. We need to be helping the people in Randall or right anywhere. Not just Randall. If there's storm damage anywhere, we need to be helping those people. Yeah. That's more important than having some debate yeah. that is just garbage. So. Um, as far as I know, I don't think the guard was deployed and I don't know what assistance they had received as of the time I got those phone calls. Maybe they have now. Um, so yesterday I was getting these phone calls. So I just said, let's have a, let's have a fundraiser then. So I got a hold of Will. He owns the ballroom in Little Falls and I said, we're going to have a fundraiser in your parking lot. And he's kind of like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but you know, he's a great guy and he's like, yeah, let's do it. So. I'm gonna bring my tent over there. He's got, you know, a flat top for cooking. I went to area businesses. So Teelan's gave me some hot dogs. Uh, Coburn's is gonna give me some water. Walmart gave me a $250 gift card so I can buy food and water and pop or whatever we need. Uh, Another uh, fleet supply is gonna give us some water. Uh, Babies on Broadway is gonna give us some pop and water. Uh, Johnny C's is donating some chips and, um, so I actually made a flyer and I, I don't want this to be political. It's not political. Yeah, you it's know, not. this is just, these are neighbors, I've, right? Helping these are neighbors. And I've, I've done these things and this is what you do to help people. So, um, so Johnny C shared this post I made and it just says, come to, um, the falls ballroom from 11 to six on Thursday, June 30th. We're going to have a fundraiser. We're going to sell hot dogs, chips, pop and water, and all proceeds are going to the area of Randall. So Johnny C's is going to give chips. Well, they shared this post and I just, when we got out of that meeting today, since yesterday it's had like 10,000 views. Wow. So people are bringing money there and just giving it to them. So they've got a bag of money sitting there that we can bring to Randall. So people are already donating there because they thought maybe Johnny C's was hosting it, but they're not, but that's fine. You know, we'll get that money to where it needs to go. So, um, but that's what we need to do. So we're, we're having a fundraiser and it sounds like it's going to be big so we've that's awesome. we got more hot dogs coming we got more water coming and like i think we're going to need more hot dogs and more buns because uh, <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be big and i got a hold of the um auto club in town told them you know get some guys to come over with old cars park them in the parking yeah. lot that'll draw some more people in um you know so hopefully we can have a lot of people show up and raise the town a lot of money because they need it that's awesome um, they need they need the help so that is awesome well that's public service right in, in an ideal world
0: that's what the people who are elected office sh- should be doing right? and mobilizing those resources because it's, I, I wouldn't know where to start. And that's right. where you like, you called more, like, you know, yep. you call representative and be like, okay, how do we do this? Right. What it, are the it, resources the state
1: can bring to bear? Right. And like, I didn't know. So I call people I know. And that's where being like, I've been a fundraiser. Like when I was in uh, college, I played volleyball for St. State University mm-hmm. and we were a club team. So we had to raise our own money. So I was a fundraiser. For that and then uh for church i helped for evening for education just went around asking people for donations for our church fundraiser i mean it's, it's you know i guess it's not too hard just to ask people f- for help you know yeah. because they're, they're people are good and they'll help you and it's yeah. going towards a good cause you know when someone can't afford something you if you can help you do you that's know? awesome so
0: it's awesome that. and that's going to be on the 30th of june yeah so
1: in a couple days so this Thursday. That's awesome. Yep. So I'm not
0: sure whether this will probably air, end up airing after right. it, but it's, <laughs> yeah. I think it's worth putting out there right. that, it, like, look, that this is what I want my elected representatives to do. And if right. I was thinking about who
1: to support, yeah, I'd want that. So you've got a so you've
0: got a primary opponent.
1: Two. Um, two. Two primary opponents. Yep. So so Jim, like we talked about Jim already. He's not from the area. I don't agree with that. Steve Wenzel is from Little Falls. He was in the house for 29 years. Um, so he got in in, I think, 1972. Um, but he's been in politics for 52 years. It's a long so time. It is a long time. And I get along with Steve. I think he's a nice guy. And we've had this conversation. I said, I am running on term limits. We need mm-hmm. term limits. I think everywhere we need term limits somehow. I don't know how it works at lower levels of government, but or how it will work, but we need term limits. And, you know, that long is just too long. Yeah. We, we need, we, that's not how it was meant to be. You get in, get the job done, and move on. Yeah. Go, ba- go back to life. Well, I think people really, I
0: mean, to, you know, Michelle Benson's credit, I mean, she was, you know, ran against me for, for governor. I mean, she limit, term limited herself out. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Paul's done the same thing. Yeah. Elka, so it has to be that way. I mean, you know, the, the argument I make is clearly one term is too short because you don't even know right. where all the bathrooms right. are. Right. Uh, but I think. Pretty universal agreement on both sides of the aisle that thirty years is probably too long. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Because then you, we end up with Nancy Pelosi. Th- that's right. Yeah. And you know, I can't think of many people on either side who think, I don't that's think a particularly great. Thing. Right. No. So yeah, I think it's important that you got to get you got to get people in there that uh, that want to serve and then really identify your replacement. Right. So you should be like grooming
1: someone that's good. Right. And, be like, and that's what I, that's so that's what another question is. Well, let's say you get in there and you're this great champion or whatever that we need. You know, then we don't want you to ever leave. Well, that's yeah. not. Like you said, you then you look for someone to replace you that has the same ideals yeah. and they can step in and do the job mm-hmm. you know because you you can't be in there forever you just you, we can't do it we can't we can't keep doing politics as we've been doing it because look where it's getting us, not forward yeah. <laughs> and look where we are right
0: now Well, there's this great fear I think in politics of uh, the last thing you want to do is train your replacement right but th- th- that that's such a zero sum Rousseauian view of the world. I don't think that that benefits any of us right. we really should say look. These people support this set of ideals. I'm going to carry the football for a bit, and I'm going to put it down. You're going to pick it up and carry it a little bit further, and you need to find your replacement after that. The issue is that the uh, types of people who are attracted to power right. um, are not the types of people that you or I or I think anybody who watches this, even if they disagree with us on certain political things, um, they don't want those people there. The, the, the people we should want to serve are reluctant servants and they ought to view themselves as servants. Right. They shouldn't do this to accrue power and to have power over other people. Right. But the issue is that the whole process as you're learning, as I learned, is extraordinarily unpleasant. So it selects (laughs) for people (laughs) who want to do it for, you know, what I think we could universally say are the wrong reasons. Right. And we drive away people who want to do good things just to help their neighbors.
1: Well, as you know, it takes a lot um, and you get People that may want to get involved, and you start taking hits, you're like, "Whoa!" You're like, yeah, you're yeah. going
0: Everyone's gonna know. They're gonna attack you, attack your business, attack your family. Yep. Um, the closer you get to the target, the more fire you're gonna take, <laughs> and it's gonna be unpleasant. You're gonna take it from your own quote unquote team, Yep. and then you're gonna take it from the other team. Um, and there's but that's okay
1: because then you know you're doing your job, right? If you're taking a lot of fire, you're saying the right things, yep. Because now they're scared and they're attacking you, and yeah. that's. Good. I mean, that's how you, how you have to look at it. That's how you move yourself forward. If you're taking that much damage, then you know that you're on target.
0: So you have two opponents, but if you get past, I mean, is it one of these where, like, the DFL is not going to put anyone up? Or it's no, a new so, seat, so they're going to put no. someone good so up? so someone
1: – no, no. They're they're not even – I know actually back a couple months ago maybe in the Morrison County record, they said they probably weren't even going to put anybody in because they know they can't win because yeah. it's an 80% red district. So wow. Um, I think on the last day, or maybe close to the last day, a few people got in. I think there is one person right now, but I don't know if they're even going to put any money behind them because even if they get all their Democrat base to come out and vote, they're still going to lose by a landslide. So this is so, one of those seats where it's all about the primary. Right. That's And, and that's in exactly, an August. That's an August 9th. August 9th. That's where I need to win. <laughs> and I don't think
0: you're alone in that. I think that there are some other great folks um, just – you know, we the people type citizens who've stepped up because they're just tired of right. seeing their state get run into the ground, and they're, they're in the
1: same situation. Yep. They win that primary, they win. They win, right. And, and that, that's, that's the real election is August 9th because if I get in on August 9th, the general people are going to vote the R. Yeah. And that's and it's 80%, so it's in. That's where I don't like the, like, opponents saying, well, if he gets elected, we're going to lose to the Democrats. You're like, no. It's there's, not going to happen at all. Not a chance. You could, I mean, you could run a ham sandwich, right, right at some point. Exactly, right. It, as
0: long as they have an R after their name. Right. So were. really, it's, you know, the the conservatives in your area have a choice, and that choice is who's going to represent right. us. Right, And that's why it's so important to turn out on, on August 9th.
1: Right, and that's where you have to look past, oh, well, that guy's my friend, or – like, well, he's my friend, so I have to no, you don't vote for your friend. If your friend runs over rabbits, are you gonna vote for him just because you like him and you hate but you but you love rabbits? No. We you talked know? about this idea too of that if you come from a eighty percent Trump district,
0: you should be the fire breathing conservative right. in the state Senate. Because right. you can author bills that no one else can afford to author. Right. You can champion legislation that your base wants to see, that conservatives around the state right. wanna see. And you can let someone
1: that's in a purple area just kind of, like, stay right. hidden for a while and cast that vote right. at the last I, second. That's and exactly you know, what I can do. In the Senate, it takes one person. I can stand up and say, this is what we're doing today. We're going to have constitutional carry day. <laughs> we're going to have, um, you know, no more social security tax day. And all these Republicans that run on that, they have to vote with you. Otherwise, their their constituents are going to see, oh, they're not representing me like they said they would. Man. Like many people who run, say, well, this is what I'm going to do when I get in, and then they don't do it. Yeah. And they say, well, you know, we had to make this deal. Well, if you can force a vote, per se, stand up in the Senate and say, this is what we're going to vote on, and you have to vote, you know, force a roll call vote. So why don't more forced roll call votes happen? People are, I don't know, money, power. Party leadership right. doesn't want people to well, put their name well, yeah. down on paper. Well, there's party leadership. There's That's the other thing with the politics is you see Paul that's why we can't we need term limits when politics are with each other f- for so long and not just politics everything it's just a web and everyone's tied together yeah. and i owe you something he owes you something so you have to do this for me so if you do that i'm going to expose what you did whatever it is they might have dirt on you or something and that's another thing they're attacking me personally because I, dirt because you're clean right right you know so yeah. <laughs> but yeah like so yeah that's the 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 term limits thing is you know we get these people out of there and then you can have someone with fresh ideas. Yeah. I can get in there and say, we're going to do this, and they can't stop me.
0: Right, right. And that's it. And you get a couple together, you can right. start to force those votes. Like, right. put your name down. Right. So and how many people do you need to force a roll call vote in the Senate?
1: One, just one, one person. One. Wow. I, so I can stand up and say, this is, that's why I said this is what we're voting on. Because it's 15, you need 15 people to agree in, in the, the House. House. In the Senate, it's one. Wow. One person. That's why we need someone in there. I need to get in there. Right, And we need, there are other people like me, too. So if you get, let's say we get five, 10 of us in there that want smaller government, less taxes, um, our gun rights, all the stuff that we run on, we can do it. Why do we never do it? Because if we fix these problems, what are you going to run on next election? Yeah. I'm not worried about going to get reelected. I'm going to get the job done. Yeah. You know?
0: I think that's an important message. And I think people have to realize that if we don't start doing something fairly dramatic in this state, we're going to
1: follow California, Illinois, New York into the ground. Well our taxes suck. Yeah. They're out of control you know, and like people are moving out of the state because they just can't afford to live here. Yep. You know and it's
0: not like we pay all these taxes and we have the we have you know, unbelievable public safety and right. the best public schools in the world and incredible job opportunities for everybody and the best roads. No. No. We pay all this money and it goes to grift. Yep. And it just gets wasted by the career of politicians. Yep.
1: They're, yeah. Yep. It, and well, there's another, you know, like there's the welfare and stuff, and I'm okay helping people, but we have to make sure we're helping the people that need it, not that just don't want to work. Well, it can't be a lifestyle. Right, It's exactly. like,
0: look, I lost my job. Let's help you retool, retrain, right. get back into the workforce, in the become workforce. a taxpayer. Right. but yep. not forever. Yes, yeah, exactly. it's not a
1: lifestyle. It's a temporary <laughs> hand up. And you have to make people understand. You have to, you, you can't just keep, if you keep giving it away, just, yeah, it creates it more. So, yeah. 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 So we got a few things to do. Um, very
0: glad that you're running I'm pretty glad. I know you're busy because your yeah. life is literally, it's door knocking, phone calls. You were at a political training thing today. So I appreciate you taking the time to, to make time. Yeah, to after here. that, I had like 35
1: missed calls. <laughs> <laughs> I hated my phone so yeah, bad. Um, but you got you to take those phone calls, though. That's the do. thing. Like people call me because I answer the phone. Yeah. And I call them back and I try to help them, you know, where they've been told, like, call so-and-so and I quit calling him because he hasn't called me back for six months. Well, that's your job. You're a public servant. You're serving them and you have to remember that so yeah yep. but anyway continue. I'm glad
0: you're here I'm glad you're running yeah. I'm glad I hope the, the fundraiser goes great for the folks in Randall yep and that the state can step up and do what it can but you know what neighbors helping neighbors don't yep. wait for the state and um yeah appreciate it and hope you have, we can find the time to get you back here once oh, you yeah. are through your primary right and get, get through the and primary I mean, then we can talk about next legislative session right, right. Which kick off uh, right after the year rolls over and yep. all the things you want to do once you do that so I really appreciate taking the time and
1: yeah. Thank you. If people want to follow you online, any so, social yeah, tags, so, website. Um, so Wiesenberg for Senate dot com is my website. Uh, Wiesenberg, Wiesenberg for Senate on Facebook or Nathan Wiesenberg for Senate on Facebook. Um, you can follow me there, or go to my website. Most of the I'll, I do make you know updates on my Facebook post a bit. Uh, if you want to donate, I everyone needs money. Uh, you can go to Wiesenberg for Senate dot com, click donate. You know we're sending out mailers. We're You know, door knocking. If we're gonna try to hire people, that might cost money. If we're gonna hire people to help make phone calls, you know, right now I'm I'm making phone calls. My wife is making phone calls, and I'm you know I've got someone hired to help me with that stuff. But it costs money, and it adds up quick. You know, it's just like holy crap. So it's it costs money to win. You know, you don't have to have the most money, but if you don't have any money, um, you can't win. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to ask for money, but I, we need help. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> do it. And I think if people want to support somebody, you know, it's,
0: um, you give money to your party, you give money to this or that, but I think find candidates you really like, right. and max out that $1,000 check, or give as much as you possibly can, because it, you will have the greatest
1: impact with those right. dollars on quality of okay, life. Right. Your, your money's actually going for something. Yes. I'm spending your money to fight for you, not for your BS. Yeah. Right.
0: yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Talk again soon.
1: Good. Thanks. Yep.